0: Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast, we're your hosts John Steiner
1: and Sinclair Fleetwood. We're experienced psychedelic guides, retreat facilitators, and keepers of the sacred fire on a mission to help you transform your mystical medicine experiences into a sustainable way of life.
0: Did you connect with a vision for your life through your work with plant medicines but have no idea how to make it happen?
1: Are you struggling to maintain your spiritual connection, find your community, and be fully yourself?
0: If you want to be unapologetically authentic, connect to your purpose, and live the life you know is possible, well then this podcast is for you.
1: Hey everyone, we're so happy you're here. Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. Oh man, what a beautiful week. It has been the week of February 20th, which everywhere, every February 20th is Thank You Plant Medicine Day, and Thank You Plant Medicine Day is a global campaign to share gratitude, to share stories, to share transformation about how plant medicines have transformed your life, helped you, given you compassion, love, gratitude, opened your mind, saved your relationships, so many things. It's a beautiful day of bringing awareness and attention to the true healing power of sacred plant medicines. And we thought, This week, last year, we shared our personal stories, those, um, our personal Thank You Plant Medicine stories. If you're interested, you can listen to those on their episodes six and seven of the podcast, if you wanna get to know a little bit more about how we started doing this work. And this year we thought, you know, the Thank You Plant Medicine, well, we were inspired. We were inspired by the joy and the gratitude and the love and all of the beauty that was being shared. And we wanted to extend that to say, thank you, plant medicine integration, <laughs> because for us and in the work we do and really the way that we live our lives, the medicines are the catalyst and have been the um, a transformational touch point to for us growing a spiritual path and living in a, a aligned heart forward way. And we wanted to take an opportunity to share some of the stories that we have around what happens next. Thank you, plant medicine, and then what? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Plant medicine experience gets a lot of the limelight, gets a lot of the attention, gets a lot of like the press. And really the medicine experience and what we're calling integration is like two sides of the same coin. Um, We think about it for ourselves like we kind of like stumbling around in the dark. And um, experience with the plants can help us to turn on the lights, to become um, awakened, to bring new awareness, however you want to say that. But it um, shows what's going on in the darkness. Um, and then a path can be you know, laid out in the darkness. Okay, now we can see the path and we can see a direction we want to go and the path to get there. And then the integration is the walking of the path. And these two things separately, right, like the walking the path in the dark is really difficult and the like seeing the path in the light, but just observing it and not walking it are like kind of incomplete. So coupled together, the seeing which way we want to go with our new awareness and walking it um, constitutes like a more holistic approach for us.
1: So we use the word integration. What does that word mean? It's a kind of an industry, you know, psychedelic industry term for embodying and into well, integrating is like making whole. So we like to think of it as taking the awareness of your your experience, your new consciousness and bringing it into your being. How would you describe it?
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, making real in your life what lessons you learned from the, whatever the experience was. And I think through today's episode, we'll start to get a better idea of like, what we mean by integration, Mm -hmm. what that process looks like, and how it is um, a vital part of the holistic approach to working with plant medicines. Yeah. So I want to start off by asking you, (laughs) like, what is one of the most important lessons you got from the working with the plants?
1: Oh my gosh. That's such a big question. I can only answer that from where I am right now. And I've been going through a lot the last two years since I really was living in Ecuador and working with ayahuasca and San Pedro really regularly. I would say the biggest lesson that I got from the plants has been trust the universe Hmm. trust Not only like the universe has your back, so God has your back. God loves you. Creator loves you, wants you to be happy. Um, Trust yourself. And that is a big thing that is coming up for me right now because I have spent a lot of the last two years being really afraid. Mm -hmm. And fear is a really powerful emotion that is, it can kind of like hijack your nervous system. And it can hijack your way the way you think the way your body feels the way you interact with other people. If there's a fear vibration in in your in your vibration, if you're, you know, feeling a lot of fear, which I have been um, for a while, it it's, it like clouds everything. And ayahuasca had shown me, like, physically and visually what this fear that I was carrying in my body looked like. And, um, I didn't like, it was like this, I called it a fear puppy, <laughs> but it was like, it looked like a wolf. It was like a, an angry kind of like aggressive looking feeling. And so I have been thinking a lot about like, what is the opposite of fear? What is, what do I want to feel instead of fear? And the answer to that is love, trust, faith, calm.
0: So you got this. Um, well, the lights came on, right? You woke up to, you became aware of that. This this fear is manifesting in your life, and the ways it manifests. And well, you described the like this new awareness, and then also. Okay, so on the one hand you have fear, and on the other hand you have this trust and love compassion, mm-hmm. and compassion. This is like the, the path out of it. Mm-hmm. So what has like, what has pulling away from fear and shifting towards the trust and faith and love, what does that look like for you, and like, what has been difficult about that, and what are some tools that you've been using to make that transition?
1: Well, I didn't, I wasn't really aware of it until probably six or eight months ago. Um, it was in my subconscious. And part of my integration work has been, you know, learning how to handle and face whatever comes up. So like most people, I mean, I came from an alcoholic way of dealing with things, which was not dealing with them, repressing them, and the medicine, the medicine enabled me to be in my power, so that I was no longer going to use those old coping mechanisms. So what happened after that was that the things that I had really been suppressing, you know, deep seated fears, fear of abandonment, like fear of um, a lot of like people pleasing, perfectionism, stuff that I had not truly been fully aware of, because I had this problem with alcohol, after the medicine enabled me to move through, okay, this is no longer a problem, then all this other stuff starts coming up. And I think this is really common for people. And I would say that, so the first step is like awareness, becoming aware of what is going on, what's coming up, learning how to lean into emotions rather than distracting myself from them or pushing them away or um, avoiding like pretending that they're not there all the different ways that we don't feel our feelings. So awareness examining the feelings and then feeling the feelings and like leaning into the emotions and understanding what is under there and digging into them. Like I have done a lot of journaling a lot of meditating um, a lot of embodiment like moving my body. And mantras are really powerful for me, as far as like shifting out of a uh, anxiety or fear of feeling. Um, <clears throat> but it's been a it's been a really long, new well nuanced process of connecting so many different like areas where I was struggling in the past all together to see how like oh this is actually just one thing. I am afraid.
0: So give me like a concrete example, right? You're um, you're telling me very conceptually about mm-hmm. like what's going on with the fear, but give me an example of like, okay, how does this fear manifest for you, and mm-hmm. what are you doing to stop feeding that and feed a new path?
1: The way that fear manifests for me is chronic pain in my body, and I have had variations of chronic pain for. Over 20 years, I ha- used to have migraines. I've had digestive issues. I've had joint pain. I've had low back pain. In the most recent iteration, it has been this, like very severe back pain and sciatica, and um, panic attacks, like anx- like really high anxiety. And <clears throat> the work I have done with medicines has started to allow me to see the root causes of all of these symptoms and so the first the first thing that i am doing to like move away from it is to admit that i'm creating it Hmm. which people do not like that i did not like that i'm like okay if you tell someone who's in chronic pain they're like oh are you a people-pleasing perfectionist if so you're probably creating all these symptoms yourself and i did not i mean i've been to countless doctors i can't even tell you how many like different treatments I got, and, you know, I've been told there's all kinds of different things, whatever, on scans. And what I have come to recognize as the truth is that there's absolutely nothing wrong with my body. And all of these feelings of pain and suffering and panic and fear and anxiety, I am creating myself. So I don't believe that I could have come to that realization without plant medicine, because plant medicine has enabled me over and over to see how I create my own suffering. And while that, you know, when you're new to that understanding of it, the idea of like, I'm creating my own suffering, feels kind of like victim blamey or, because we, we are conditioned to victimize ourselves. So we're programmed to be like this, all this terrible trauma happened to me, like poor me. And it's like, okay, you know, your trauma sucks. So does mine, so does everybody's, everybody has trauma. And I don't want to view my life through the lens of trauma anymore. It takes my power away. Mm.
0: There reminds me of this story, right? Um, I think I've shared before. There's a two twin boys and one of them ends up like, um, you know, living his own personal dreams. He wanted to own a business and live by the ocean, have a wife and family. And he measured up to his own view of success and his twin brother, um, He was a drunk who really didn't have much, begged for his money, and spent it all on getting liquored up. And both someone asked both boys, why did you end up the way you ended up? And they both gave the same exact answer. Well, my father was an alcoholic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And one of them took that and was empowered by it. And the other one took it and was victimized by it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, well... I know all of us have heard that that saying that life is like ten percent what happens and ninety percent what we do with that. Mm-hmm. And um, when we can, well, when I can accept that the ninety percent is in my responsibility, it's like
1: it's empowering. Yes, that's right. It's also really difficult to transition from victimizing, feeling victimized, victimizing yourself, especially if you've if you have had trauma and like you know, it it would be very easy for me to like, roll around in my sadness about what happened to my father. If you want to, if you want to be a victim, you can. Mm. And I knew, and I have known since I've been on this kind of journey after it was like the medicine gave me all this knowledge and all these tools and all this empowerment. And then it was like, now you have to go forth and heal yourself. And I did not know how difficult that was going to be. Like the healing yourself part is really hard, especially during a pandemic when you're isolated and you don't have a community. For me, like community is the most healing. Being with other people, sharing, you know, being in a medicine community, all of these things are really powerfully healing to me. Mm-hmm. And in this last two years with COVID, it's been been—it's been kind of like, you know, being the hermit in the tarot, like going into yourself and really shining the light and like what's in here. And I found a lot of stuff in inside that I just did not I was like, this does not resonate with me anymore. Like having a body that doesn't feel good doesn't resonate with me anymore. And it's a long process. It's just a really that's why we wanted to share these stories is to let you know that like, it doesn't magically change overnight for a lot of people. A lot of stuff gets better immediately and stays that way. You're, you know, it's like once you're awake, you're awake. It's hard to go back to sleep. Like you at least have your awareness. Yeah, put an like, effort. The, well, <laughs> that's true. The programming is heavy.
0: No, I'm saying I I think it takes a real effort to go back to sleep once you go Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up.
1: Well, but even coming from, okay, so we were living in Ecuador, at a medicine center at an intentional community, we had a, you know, a tribe with us. And moving back to the United States in a lockdown from living in that environment was a huge shock. And we were trying to, you know, start a psychedelic practice, because we desperately wanted to share everything that we had learned with people. And we want to help other people like not feel alone in this, because it can feel really lonely when you don't have support. So you asked me like what my tools were to shift out of it and to shift into something else. And I've been doing a lot of mind, body, um, regulation because I recognize that like my, my fight or flight system is constantly turned on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very common for people. A lot of people who have anxiety, who are suffering from chronic pain, digestive issues, like all these different things have a mind body component that is your Fight or flight system is on, and it doesn't need to be on. So, like, I would overreact to very, you know, small stimuli, like just getting scared easily. And I could tell that like my body's ramped up. And I have been really working to learn how to regulate myself and using my breath and, you know, meditations, calming, really focusing on my computer habits, my phone habits. Um, making sure that I have a morning routine that feels good. And it changes all the time. Like right now, I lay in my bed and I mantra and breathe until I feel a vibration of joy and calm and peace and fun. And like, I will not get out of that bed until I feel good. And sometimes it takes longer than others, you know. It's different for everyone, but I would say like as a whole, our, our vibration is amped up. And everyone's looking for a physical cause for this amped upness. I'm not an anxious person. I experience anxiety because I live in a society that doesn't align with how I actually want to be living. It's under my control to choose what I engage with and what I don't. I don't watch the news. I don't read anything on the internet that upsets me because I have no control over what happens. And... If I'm gonna get amped up about something, it needs to be for a good reason. Hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what your integration journey has looked like since you started working with the plants?
0: Taking personal responsibility for everything in my life. Um, It's real easy for me when I become aware of something, in myself whether it's like fear or worry or for me it's like like this trifecta of like judgment criticism anger Mm -hmm. and like
1: you feel angry at people or at yourself or
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) okay just want to clarify so well it's just that vibration and sometimes when the when the attention is turned inward, it can be anger, criticism, judgment. Uh-huh. When the attention is turned outward, it's anger, criticism, judgment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not like I feel it in one specific direction. Right. I feel it. And wherever my attention happens to be is where that will arise because, yeah, well, that's the seeds that I spent years watering. But it's easy when, like, okay, I've become aware of something like that.
1: So how <laughs> did you become aware of it?
0: Well, through the plants, (laughs) you know, and... uh,
1: So, was it something that you learned in your experience, in your journey, or did it come... Is it something that, like, has started to bubble up in the time after? I mean, I know it's hard to quantify when you, like, have a lot of plant medicine journeys, but...
0: Well, it's all... It's both. Right. It's through... Okay. Like, in a chronological order, I can think back to... I don't know. Four or five years ago, maybe it first came into my awareness, and like, it was like too heavy for me to do anything with. Then I was just like, "Good Lord, Mm -hmm. like that's a lot of anger." I'm doing. I need to chill. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. It's unpleasant to look at. Mm -hmm. I'm producing this. The situation is the ten percent, and my ninety percent is criticism, anger, judgment, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, harsh. That's gross ugly then you know sometime between then and now it's kind of faded other things have been garnering my awareness my attention and then through the meditation becoming more aware and okay again, hey there's that thing ah, I remember when the plants were telling me about that mm-hmm. it's still there mm-hmm. and maybe it looks a little different it looks a lot different actually because um, at the time <laughs> when I I don't know five or six years ago my anger and etc cetera, etc cetera, was I like getting in a fight with someone on the side of the road based off of their like a fist fight like an actual physical fist fight. that's what was going on with my anger. Yeah so okay, so I dealt with it and peeled back one layer right mm-hmm. And like I haven't fist fought someone in <laughs> six years great.
1: Congratulations. Yeah, I'm
0: very happy about that. It's a big
1: deal. Yes.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's not like I was fist fighting all the time. I know, but still. Now that's not even an option. Yeah. Okay, so this is good. This is a step in the right direction. (laughs)
1: Okay, so this is what we're talking about, about the gradual process of integration. It's like this.
0: The the plant medicine experience in and of itself was so jarring Mm -hmm. to look at that. That is like, I'm not going to engage in that behavior ever again. Mm -hmm. And I haven't. Right. It really didn't take much more integration except for then turning on a light and being like, that is an ugly part of me that I don't want to express. Mm-hmm. And then through sitting in other ceremonies and in truth, mostly meditation, I've come to see that anger judgment criticism is still there. Mm-hmm. It's just more subtle. It's just quieter. It's just different, but it's the same vibration. Mm-hmm. So I'm not fist fighting people, but I can get mad at the way someone's driving. I can talk about how this isn't right and that's not right. And both towards myself and other people. So the vibration is still there and, um, work on it has changed. Mm -hmm. So now the work's become like, and it's gone through a lot of iterations between like, okay, Jen, no matter what, I'm not fist fighting anyone Mm -hmm. to now it's been, can I watch this anger, criticism, judgment, and not identify it Mm -hmm. and not express it? Can I just
1: not identify with it? Yes. Like
0: this is not me. This is just a thought that's passing through. It's passing through out of habit. Uh, it it has officially grown in this way. Mm-hmm. This thought has arised.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the way I understand it is um, well, when these thoughts arise, these vibrations arise, I can water them mm-hmm. with my attention. So when I pay attention to them, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm angry. Oh, my God, I'm angry. Oh, my God, I'm criticizing. I'm criticizing, criticizing. I'm paying attention. I'm completely wrapped up in this criticism there's no separation between me and the criticism i'm just involved in doing it or wishing i wasn't doing it which is the same So you like
1: beat yourself up about doing it
0: Yeah the beating myself up is what i'm talking about like either i'm completely engrossed in the anger criticism judgment and i'm not i'm not like aware of a separation between it or me and me or i'm like, ah, oh, I shouldn't do that, which is a form of anger, criticism, judgment. So I'm wrapped up in it that way. So I'm tangled up in it. When I, the, so the work has been to just observe it, to not be tangled up, ah, I see you. There you are, my habit energy. And to not say anything about it, because what I want to do is I have the criticism arise and I want to tell someone else Can you believe what so-and-so did? Can you believe the way that person drove? And now every time I'm expressing it, I'm giving it more attention, more attention, more attention. So it just keeps, well, it's being watered with this attention. So it comes up, it comes up, it comes up. So now the work has looked like just noticing it. Ah, I see you. Anger, criticism, judgment. Hello. And not express it and wait for it to just like everything that arises it eventually goes away and the more i don't feed it the less intense it arises and the less often it arises so it's just dying this natural death so the the work is, has transitioned and changed and grown but it's still the same work is not hitting someone on the side of the highway for driving like a buffoon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's very interesting because your process is basically the same as mine. but We explain them very differently. And I like your explanation a lot because it's like, I have a different component with it around um, the nervous system like physical well I don't know what it feels like what does it feel like for you when you get angry do you feel like a fight or flight like physical experience with it
0: for sure yeah yeah it's like um, my breath moves from my belly to my chest I feel like tense and mm-hmm. I get hot and I sometimes even hold my breath
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's like a um, holding on to something
1: like a clenching yes
0: yeah like it's it's really uncomfortable so well it's been cool I've been practicing the meditation I've been practicing like well not as often as the breathing meditation but like a walking meditation Mm -hmm. and sometimes when I'm doing this my breath because I've been practicing watching it watching it in a relaxed calm state or watching my feet as they press against the ground in a relaxed, calm state, they'll remind me, ah, be mindful. And then I'll catch when I'm, and then I'm mindful about it. I'm like, there's the thought, there's the tension in my body, there's the everything. So in some way, that like somatic experience of mm-hmm. clenching, tightening, changing the breath is all feeding this emotion. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like, okay, not only do I see you in the mind, but I feel you in the body. My body's not engaging with that. I can at least control my body, mm-hmm. and I shift the breath, and I relax, and I unclench, and a deep breath through my belly. And now it's even easier to watch it as a thing that is just arising and falling.
1: Mm-hmm. The first time I understood the relationship with breathing and self regulation was in an ayahuasca experience. Ayahuasca taught. Ayahuasca taught me, <laughs> hey, ayahuasca taught she'll me, teach me how to you breathe. breathe. Huh. Well, because she. Was I was panicking and I was terrified and I was overwhelmed and I didn't like it. And I was struggling and I was fighting. And she says, do you want this to be easier? (laughs) And I was like, yes. And she's like, breathe. And she showed me how when you breathe deeply, your entire body will relax. And that whatever is going on, whether you feel sick, or you're, something is coming to your mind that you're afraid to look at, or... It's just over... I mean, if you've done ayahuasca, ayahuasca is just like getting a fire hydrant of crazy opened on your face sometimes. It's just very... For me, it's a very visually stimulating, overwhelming experience, where I used to try to like understand all of the things that were coming at me, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it, so I would just get really scared. And she taught me how to breathe and how to surrender. And that when we fight and struggle, whatever you resist persists.
0: The, we think of like the um, these things as like cause and effect, right? Like our well we have an emotion and we have a bodily reaction. Or we have a thought, emotion, bodily reaction. Or vice versa. We have something in our body. Um when maybe we consume something or We are doing some behavior and it leads to the thought or emotion well really these things like coexist Mm -hmm. they co-arise so with the thought of in my case the criticism judgment anger there's the tension Mm -hmm. with the fear worry there's the same tension right Mm -hmm. well maybe a different tension but tension nonetheless and the um, yeah so the The mental and the physical aspect aspect happen together. So really to put a control over one of them, all you have to do is regulate one and the other always follows suit. So if we can really relax our body, which is at least for me, a lot easier to control than my mind, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: then the mind follows suit.
1: For me, I can't just relax my body. I have to relax my mind because my mind will continue to make my body freak out if I, I can't just like, if just breathing doesn't work for me, I have to breathe and say a mantra or, and like one of the things that I say is just inhale, calm, exhale fear, Mm. inhale peace, exhale fear, any inhale, anything, any good thing, inhale gratitude, inhale love, inhale trust and now I've created a belief in my mind that I am my respiration is removing physically removing fear from my body because what happens to me is I get a trigger of some kind something will scare me or like sometimes I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and my heart will be racing and I'm like breathing fast and I'm having a panic response and I don't know why and I have a ton of pain in my body and I don't know why and so instead of trying to be like what did I do wrong like creating this catastrophizing around like what's happening why is this happening you know which is really natural to do it's to be like it's okay it doesn't matter why it's here you know how to regulate yourself so I am training my brain to stop being afraid of pain Mm -hmm. Because pain is not dangerous pain is a way that my body is trying to tell me something and it's been trying to tell me a whole bunch of different things for some time now, but a lot of it is around the way that I treat myself and the
0: This is when you should share I don't know why you're trying to
1: hide back this It's the way that I'm so hard on myself and I put so much pressure on myself and I put such high expectations on myself and it's not like my body has been trying to tell me, you don't have to do this. You deserve love the way that you are. You don't have to achieve anything to get love. You don't have to be any certain way. You don't have to take care of other people take care of yourself. And I had no idea how much people pleasing and like taking on of other people's issues and taking on, you know, even in the work that I used to work in nonprofit for 20 years, because I wanted to help other people. And that work wasn't helping me, it was hurting me. But I continued to do it because I thought it was the right thing to do, and it was what like a good person would do, and I wanted so badly to be a quote unquote good person hmm. and a good person doesn't whip themselves in private. a good person does not hate themselves and put so much pressure on themselves and part of why we wanted to I wanted to share this is to say that just because <coughs> we you know, are in a line of work where we're helping other people work through this stuff does not mean that we have it all figured out. And if somebody is telling you that they do have it all figured out, I would be very wary of that. We do have
0: some things figured out though. Yeah, we do. Like I know well, I'm hearing you say, and I know the creator only makes good people. People can be, well, I know (laughs) I can have my head in the sand or stuck in some... Um, behavior I'm ignorant of, or be in a place of learning something, but there's only good people. That I know for a
1: fact. Well, something that happened, and this happens with a lot of people, when you start working with medicine, it's like finding home, home in yourself. Hmm. And if you find home in yourself, you want to take as many people with you as you can. You're like, I know where home is. Like, let me help you find your home. And I wanted to help, like, walk people home. And I had an opportunity to do that in by working at a retreat center. And I'm so grateful for that experience because it gave me a uh, hands-on, like, in retreat, in ceremony, boot camp, basically. But a lot of times what can happen is that you're so focused on helping. You're so focused on the service. You're so focused on, you know, being a leader and you do this really fast and you don't have the ability to take care of yourself the way that you need to. I didn't do any, I didn't know what integration was when I was working at the retreat center. Like I had no, there was no, support or effort around any of that. And specifically not for people who were working there long-term. It was kind of something I started to figure out because I was like, why do I feel so fucked up? I have my dream job and I feel completely like ungrounded. And like, I feel like all of the medicine experiences I'm having are, I'm having to like sift through stuff that's happening here. And I'm not able to really do work with myself as much as I need to. So we get a lot of people asking us about, like, how do I become a coach or how do I, how do I, um, I wanna be in service. Like, how do I do that? What training do I take? The training is irrelevant. <clears throat> you can take, a, you can take like certification courses all day. They will teach you a bunch of academic shit that really is fine, great. Like, it's good to know that. But if you are not doing the work on yourself, with yourself, in your own life, It's useless to know any of that stuff. How can you coach someone if you have never gone through any of this stuff yourself?
0: Whatever shows up in our lives is the path. It's whether it's um, a job we don't particularly care for, whether it's a job that feels like our purpose, whether it's our relationship with our friends or our family or whatever, whoever, however it's showing up in our life has been orchestrated with an exactitude of monumental precision to give us exactly what we need to make the the transformation, the um, transmutation of whatever is going on in our life that is not beneficial for us into something that is alchemical gold. This is the... That's what all those alchemists were talking about, turning base metals into gold. Taking the circumstances that are giving to us and using them as mirrors to draw forth the divinity within us into the guiding force in that moment and in our lives.
1: Yeah, and it happens right now. It's wherever you are. It's not when I get a different job, when my business is successful, when I find a partner, when I leave and live in a different place, when xyz happens it's happening right now
0: it's always happening it's really the only thing happening yeah (laughs) in every moment in every circumstance and if
1: you start to look back at your life you will see that everything you went through the worst things that you never would have chosen the things that you were like at the time this is gonna kill me but didn't always transform you in a powerful way and that you would not be who you are today without having gone through those really intense periods and that is what integration is like it's often very messy and sticky and uncomfortable to look at and it's very similar to the medicine experience in a lot of ways and then after you go through all of the messy part you start to gain empower empowerment and calm and peace and wisdom and then life feels good There's so much joy and gratitude and love and more and more abundance just comes to you because you're ready to receive it.
0: We are our most fantastic art project. Making our lives the most beautiful, joyous, uh, vibrant creation we can is um, a real good work. And at least for me, it's been enough work (laughs) where if i just do that that's like i'm knocking it out of the park if i can just do that with myself if i can just transform the ways i create suffering into ways i can create joy the ways i can transform fear into love in my own life is like that's a lot of work and when i think i have like really dug deep and got to the bottom of a lot of it, and wow, I'm really killing it. <laughs> then there's another layer to the onion to be peeled back. Yeah. And um, I don't mean for that to sound like a slog, because it's not the... Um,
1: I think it's easier.
0: The, yeah, I've done a, a lot of the excavating already, and I've peeled back the like th- thick, hard, callous layers the punching people on the side of the road layers. And now I'm peeling back subtle layers Mm -hmm. of, oh man, I just, I made a judgment on that person.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a huge difference.
0: Yeah. And the way at which I'm doing the work has changed because of the work. Mm -hmm. So it used to be like, oh, what's wrong with you making this judgment Baba blah, blah, You're cursed. God, you got to stop that. Oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing
1: that? <laughs> huh?
0: I'm such a piece of shit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. To now to like, oh, there you are, judgment. I see you. Yeah. I see you. You're not me. Right. I see you. Well, and there's still some of that other stuff peppered in there. Yeah. But it's uh, mostly, oh, ah, there you are, see you. I mean, I can come and... <laughs> Tell you stories when I get home. Ah, oh, You wouldn't believe this judgment I made. Oh, I right. Like it's, it's a lot lighter the more uh, the path has walked.
1: I'm so grateful that I have a coach myself because I had recently this freak out of like, oh my God, everything I'm doing, is, I'm just like... It's this, like when you become aware of a habit or a belief or a value or something that you, like John was saying about this thing that's like been in there for such a long time and you start to separate from it and you can see see it and see how you're like fucking yourself up. Uh-huh. It's so overwhelming because you're just like, I have been screwing myself over this whole time. And it feels terrifying to think like, why I've been the one in my own way this whole time. It's so hard to see yourself in that in that role. And having someone gently tell you like, treat yourself like a child. You need to love, give yourself love, forgive yourself. Give yourself compassion because you have been doing like all of this experience of going through the awakening and becoming aware of your Negative thought patterns and your negative behaviors and your negative beliefs is all part of the growing process. It's all part of it. And it, you have to, I think she's told me my coach was like quoting, I think it was Carl Jung or something, but like, you cannot grow a tree to heaven unless the roots are in hell. Hmm.
0: Nice job.
1: And I really relate to that because I have been down in those roots and like really digging into myself for months and months and months and finally coming to a place of seeing how it's such a simple shift from fear to trust. Mm -hmm. It's such a simple shift from anxiety to calm. And does it take practices and work? Yes. But it's not something that I have no control over. It's something I have all control over. And it's really empowering when you start to see how you can just change your mind. Mm. You can just change your mind. You can just choose something else. You can just feel something else. You are not your feelings. You're not your anxiety. You're not your fear. You're not your pain. You're not your judgment. You're not your criticism. You're not. You are not any of these. Your spirit is desperately trying to lift you out of that low vibration. And it feels hard. And it's okay. And that's the point. And that's the point of support and community. Yeah, all of that All like, of that
0: support, community, practices, all of it that builds momentum in making that choice. Yeah. And when that choice arises, as it does in every moment, it becomes easier and easier and easier to choose that choice until in some ways and in some instances that choice is made automatically.
1: Mm -hmm. That's the goal, right? I mean, I can't imagine I have been sober from alcohol for almost five years and five years ago, if someone had told me you will not even think about alcohol, it will not even be in your perception. I wouldn't believe them because it was so all consuming. So, um, thank you for listening to this very personal and vulnerable episode um, where we're sharing a lot about what's going on in our integration journeys. And we just want to tell you that no matter where you are in your process, no matter what you are doing or what practices you're doing, you're not alone and following your sole purpose is worth it. And there's lots of support and help out there to Will help you navigate this process and like mm-hmm. you don't have to do it on your own you don't have to get stuck or stay stuck and trying to figure it out yourself we're here to help you so if you're interested in learning more about how you can get support through your integration journey please reach out to us book an alignment call and we'll chat with you about our program rise and align where we help people step into their power overcome their limiting beliefs and walk confidently into their purpose. I hope. Peace. See you next time.